The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 274 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from medical practice. Our topic today is heroes of family caregiving. Family caregivers too often are so busy and so hard-pressed that they experience physical, psychological, and financial challenges, especially when they're caring for a family members or family member with serious or medically incurable illnesses. So who are they, these family caregivers? Well, they may be adults in their prime or teenagers, or even children. Or they may be retirees or seniors, or they may be persons who live with health challenges of their own and who are nevertheless caring for their aged parents or for their children or for their children's children. So who are the families involved in family caregiving? These include traditional families, kinship caring families. That means when grandparents are looking after their own children or their children's children and providing family caregiving for them. Families involved in family caregiving can be faith-based, culture-based or immigrant families. They can be single parent families or same-sex families. They can be families separated by vast distances such as those in immigrant communities. And they can be neighbors, friends, and co-workers caring about someone they're close to and someone they care about. So how big is this community of families and family caregivers in North America? Well, if we count all the types of families, the community of families is not far short of 100 million families in total. And if we count all the types of family caregiving, up to half Half of this community of families will at some point in their lives be involved in family caregiving for a family member. Now, what makes family caregivers heroes? Well, it's their devotion to what they see as their duty, their duty for family caregiving for their family members. And it's their devotion to their duty, even though it may get them to the stage when they themselves need care because they are physically, psychologically, or financially exhausted. All of which is why our topic today, Heroes of Family Caregiving, is so important. Now, to discuss it, and I'm doing that um, by myself today, I'm sharing with you some of the 
Some of what I've learned as host of this show, Family Caregivers Unite, things that I've learned from family caregivers themselves who've been on the show, been my guests. But first, I want to share something with you about my own experience with family caregiving. My first wife was a successful young physician. After the birth of our third child, she developed what was first diagnosed by my medical colleagues as postpartum depression. This is a condition where a woman after giving birth goes into a deep depression. Now, she wasn't helped by the medical treatment she received, and she, my wife, the physician, the young physician, eventually made the diagnosis herself, and the diagnosis was paranoid schizophrenia. One evening, she went for a walk. She'd warned me that she wanted to go for a walk, and this was the last time I saw her, because in her walk, she went to a graveyard and took her own life by overdosing on her medications. And suicide, because that's what it was, is still one of the many serious consequences of this illness, paranoid schizophrenia. Her sister, my wife's sister, first wife's sister, and her mother became the family caregivers for my children and me. So the least I can do to respect them is to recognize that other families have similar experiences, similar challenges, and then give them every support that I can. Now, my career includes physician, university researcher, chair of a university department, senior government official, and elected politician. Now, this career gave me experience that with the power of internet radio, led me to set up Family Caregivers Unite. Now, some of my friends, colleagues, and family members would probably say, at long last, he's found out what he wants to be when he finally grows up, because that's the attraction to me of internet radio. So let me explain that a little bit more. We're listening to, you're listening to me, and I hope one day I'll be listening to you, on internet radio and that is as you know something that comes through your computer or your specialized uh, receiver uh, radio receiver um, whereby you're connected to the internet and the broadcasting station like voice america is feeding the signal into the internet now the difference between internet radio and what's called AM, FM radio. That's what you tune your uh, radio to to listen to local stations. Is that internet radio can get us heard in almost anywhere in the world where there are internet services. Um, but it, call, it can also be very local. So that's very powerful. Now where that starts to become important for family caregivers is this. Now, I'm going to be a little bit controversial in what I say, but here, it, here goes. The problem I've found with AM, FM radio and the usual big broadcasting stations is that it's always experts talking to us, and you only really hear people like us, family caregivers, talking when there's been some 
calamity, some particularly difficult situation, or their story is so dramatic. But let me use a labor, a labor relations term. Rank and file family caregivers don't fall into that category. They're just caregiving. They're just family caregiving. They're just taking care of their relatives, regardless of the psychological, physical, and financial cost to them. So, Internet Radio, and I hope that Family Caregivers United has already done some of this, is able to give family caregivers the microphone to talk to each other, to talk to people in their own areas, their own regions, um, their own states or provinces, their own countries, and across continents like North America. And what that does is to help build that sense of community, which is so important for family caregivers. We're in it together is the feeling of a community that is wanting change so that it gets help that it needs. And I'm going to be talking about the kind of help that family caregivers need in a following segment. But just let me emphasize this. What family caregivers tell me on this show so often is that their very first need, and let's put a situation to this, um, they've been to the physician, the specialist, and the, the physician, the specialist, has given them a diagnosis. They knew something was the matter, but they really didn't know what it was. And when they're giving, given a diagnosis like paranoid schizophrenia, they are only half listening. And that's because of the shock. That's because of their wondering what it all means. That is because of all the questions that are surging in their minds. And that is also because of the feeling that they are alone. So what internet radio can do, and in my experience is doing better and better, is first of all, to give family caregivers the message that they're not alone. There are others who in the community who are not only experiencing what you, they, and us are experiencing, but sometimes are further down the road. This is something that I've experienced in several ways. They're, they're further down the road of family caregiving. And it's as though they stop these family caregivers, these experienced family caregivers. They, they kind of stop walking, look over the shoulder, and reach out a hand to family caregivers who are just starting out on the road. And that is powerful, that is valuable, and that is also something that's very, very, very important for family caregivers who feel lonely. Now, the second thing, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later on, is this, that they want to have a discussion about what the family experience has been with similar conditions. What did you do? What was your next first step? And things of that nature. Um, because that way, they can get a sense of what they, as family caregivers, can do, um, what the experiences are, what the 
difficulties are on the road, what the signposts are on the road, and where the road actually leads. And what comes out of those stories is not something that's, uh, can I put it this way, totally grim, because what family caregivers who are being successful in their family caregivers often say, you know, I get some hope out of all of this. I get um, that sense, that feeling that I'm doing something that's good, that's expected of me, and I do get that sense of achievement. But they need the family caregivers to be encouraged and not discouraged in what they're doing. And they need to be supported with information, they need to be supported with opportunities for discussion, and they need, and this is my point, to hear clearly from other family caregivers how they travel the road and how they overcome the challenges, how they, can I put it this way, climbed over the barriers and got on with what they perceived to be their duties. So in other words, there's, there's hope down this path, even though one's first reaction to the diagnosis may be a sense of hopelessness, that there's nothing that can be done. There is something that can be done, and it's a something that's very powerful, and very powerful indeed. It's family caregiving. And in our society, family caregiving is something which not only is powerful and valuable to families, it's powerful and invaluable to the healthcare system. And again, another controversial remark coming up. I think we have to get the politicians and the rest, the healthcare system, to recognize that family caregivers are the best bargain the healthcare has ever had because family caregivers, let me say it, subsidize the healthcare system. So that's basically the story that I want to be uh, extending to you and that's the story I want to explore with you and that's the story that I would like to get your feedback on in such a way that um, I'm able to learn more and better what you need, what you want to do and how you would like to get more involved in organizing family caregiving in such a way that family caregivers' voices are heard loud and clear by the people who run our societies, the people who are in our governments, the people who are running our hospitals, the people who are running our services, and the people who we have to turn to for things that they do which are essential. And what we want them, and I'm saying this, this sounds like a political speech, and I have been a politician, so I guess it is. What we want is the all those professionals and politicians and the rest of them, to realize that family caregivers are really fundamental to the success, the fairness, and the humanity of our healthcare systems. Now, in the next um, segment, after we've taken the break, I'm going to be talking about the, what I've heard of the particular challenges that family caregivers experience and challenges and barriers and things like that because those represent something that we can actually do something about by making our voices heard, by getting the attention of politicians, by talking to friendly healthcare professionals and there are many, there are many who are willing to work with us because 
interestingly, a bit like me, they've had family caregiving experiences themselves. They know what this all stands for. They know what it's about. And therefore, when they see somebody traveling the same road that they've traveled, yes, they understand. Now, understanding is important. Understanding is something that is not only a matter of knowledge and facts and figures. It's a matter of knowing what people are going through, understanding what they're doing, what they're achieving, and why what they're achieving is so important. And that's something that I want to press on with as soon as possible. So, it's time for the break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, Tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. Our topic is Heroes of Family Caregiving. So now let's talk about the barriers and challenges experienced by family caregivers and the consequences of these challenges for family caregivers. Now there are many, many illnesses and disabilities that family caregivers care for in their their family members um, and in themselves for that matter. I'm going to use serious mental illnesses and brain and nervous system disorders as examples to talk about because of my obvious interest in it, having seen this in my family, but also because it's such a, a common topic among guests on this um, on my show. So the three illnesses specifically I have in mind when I'm talking about are these. Schizophrenia, which typically starts in young adults. Depression. A serious mental illness, and that's, it's, it's an illness, and it's different from the sadness that's a normal human reaction to, to life circumstances. Depression is a serious mental illness. It's a serious mental illness that affects people of all ages. 
Dementia is another one. You know, the example is Alzheimer's disease, which, as it progresses, increasingly damages or even destroys mental functions and which affects many people as they age. Now, let's talk about barriers, first of all. Family caregivers experience barriers in getting the support they need for family caregivers. Here's an example. The mother of a young adult with paranoid schizophrenia is often the first person to recognize that something called a psychotic episode may be imminent. An example of a psychotic episode is the urge to commit suicide. Um, it may be the urge to become violent or the urge to uh, indulge in some extremely risky behavior that's in any way irrational. The mother is the one who so often realizes that something like that seems to be imminent. So she calls the mental health care system and in some circumstances she's blocked from giving information to the system, let alone getting information or help from it. Why on earth should that be happening? Well, it's a long history and a complicated story, but what it boils down to is this. The barrier is a residual effect of some very outdated theories. For example, there was an influential book of the 1970s called The Manu Manufacture of Madness. It argued that social arrangements based on the idea of mental illness um, are wrong, straightforward. And it argued that people with mental illnesses should make their own decisions about how they're treated for the mental illnesses. Now, the legacy of, of this theory, because that's what it was, um, is the legis legislation, and this is true in the, in, right across North America, that effectively removes some family caregivers, not all, some, from sharing and getting information about their family member's state of mind and the sharing and the getting involves healthcare systems, including physicians, nurses, mental health specialists, um, hospitals, all kinds of organizations. Now, the barrier is, and it's still there, is challenged by Tamara Hill. She's an integrative therapist who works in Pennsylvania. She discusses the barrier in the June 4, 2013 episode of Family Caregivers Unite. And she's also recently published a book with a powerful title, and the title is Mental Health in a Failed American System, What Every Parent, Family and Family Caregiver Should Know. Now, getting themselves accepted as members of the healthcare team caring for their family member is, seems to more and more of us to be a very logical thing to do. That is to say, uh, for example, if you're looking after a family member who's living at home and it's the family doctor who's uh, 
providing the care. Um, the family member um, is really under, let me put it in formal terms, under day-to-day, -day, um, can we call it supervision, by the family caregiver. And so the family caregiver, in effect, becomes the eyes and the ears of the person being cared for. So it would be very natural for the family doctor to ask the family caregiver how the family member's doing, what, have there been any changes, what are the problems, and in that way, um, the family caregiver becomes a trusted member of the family doctor's team. Now, it does require trust. It requires both members of the team to be able to communicate effectively with each other. It means that there has to be trust, that there's no misleading going on, and that there are not things that are happening that are being glossed over. That way, it would be and can be and will be more a very, very effective way of improving care. But, and here's the sad thing, it's in fact the subject of a labor relations barrier. Family caregivers are mostly um, unpaid and organized labor, and I've very, been very much involved with organized labor in my life, may see the family caregivers as competition for paid workers, which is why Governments and big healthcare systems talk of caregivers, which describes doctors and nurses as well as family caregivers. So what the governments are doing, what the uh, labor relations system is doing, is basically banning <laughs> the term family caregiver. Now that's beginning to change, but it needs some more work to get family caregivers recognized for who they are. Now, another barrier is stigmatization, discrimination, and the tendency to blame the parents for the sickness of their family members. Now, though these attitudes are fading fast, things are improving, they still exist, and they still need changing. And that's another reason why family caregivers need to have their voices heard. Now, I talked about, or I mentioned the idea of consequences for family caregivers. Of all these things, these barriers, these challenges, and the rest of it, the consequences for family caregivers are these. Physical, psychological, and financial exhaustion. Because they cannot get the support, the assistance they need. Because they are not seen enough as part of the team, as caregivers, even though the family caregiver's job is very often 7 by 24, and those who are working, family caregivers who are at work, have jobs, are doing double duty. That is, they do their paid work during the day, and they come home in the evening, and then become family caregivers, and the exhaustion is real. The consequences of all these barriers we've been talking about are feelings of guilt and failure. Um, things aren't going wrong. The family caregiver aren't going right. Things are going wrong, says the family caregiver. Um, and it's my fault. The reason that my family member has, seems to be losing health, losing, losing, 
losing things that were once important is my fault because I didn't become, I, I wasn't good enough as a family caregiver for them. And that obviously is very, a very unfortunate feeling, especially and particularly and always for people who've been working enormously hard. And the consequence of the feelings of guilt and failure is that the family caregivers become ill themselves. And then, this is where it all turns around, they become patients for the healthcare system and add to the healthcare system's costs and challenges and do not then get the kind of support that they're going to go on leading because their family caregiving burden never actually ends. Or if it does end, it's in a tragedy um, that could have been perhaps avoided. So it's time for the break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. the experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 and ask our all-star team to answer your question that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com each week jimmy gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday. Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. Our topic is Heroes of Family Caregiving. So now let's talk about the ways family caregivers themselves overcome the challenges and the help they need to 
overcome more of the barriers and challenges they experience. Now, let's first of all talk about the ways in which family caregivers themselves, the things they're doing to overcome the barriers and challenges. One of them is by finding and establishing supportive relations with individual healthcare professionals who are willing to see family caregivers as members of the healthcare team. I mentioned that before, but it's very important. In other words, looking around for a healthcare professional with whom you can, as a family caregiver, can team, and looking for, ideally, but not necessarily, a family physician, doctor, healthcare specialist, mental healthcare specialist, who themselves has some experience, have some experience of family caregiving. And it's surprising how many do, because in the end, let me put it this way, they are no more immune. Family doctors, doctors, the rest of them, me, are immune to the kind of challenges uh, of mental illnesses and serious illnesses that the rest of the population experiences. Now, another way in which um, family caregivers themselves already are doing things to overcome barriers and challenges is by setting up their own support groups. Now, this is where, as a family caregiver, you get to know other families who are traveling the same road as you are, and you meet from time to time. Sometimes it's over a coffee, uh, sometimes it's in people's homes, and sometimes it's just an informal chat. But at the same time, what you're doing, what we're doing when we're in those groups is supporting each other. Um, Somebody may say, you know, I found something very interesting in the newspaper. Somebody else should read it, that kind of thing. Also, um, by setting up their support groups, they're able to identify where they think things need to be improved and changed. So it's beginning of that sense of, well, what if several of us um, got together and went to see the hospital or the clinic or the rehabilitation center, whatever it is, and said to them, look, we've got some advice to give you. Here are some things that may be helpful to you. Uh, So the support group can then lead into a kind of activism group. Now, that's the next thing that family caregivers are already doing is becoming activists. That is to say, they're making their voices heard. Um, They're making themselves known as people who have lived with something and believe that the challenge that that something represents, this illness, this disability, um, this this health condition um, can be confronted, can be helped, but it things need to change in particular ways if the help is going to be best delivered and delivered best by family caregivers themselves. So activism is important. Um, It's getting more important, and I'm going to say more about it when we talk about internet radio. Um, Now, another interesting way in which family caregivers themselves are becoming um, themselves uh, 
able to overcome barriers and challenges is by becoming entrepreneurs. Um, I've done several episodes on this, and, and that is where a mother of a child with one of these illnesses, um, like ADHD, attention deficit um, disorder, hyperactive disorder, or uh, autism, or something of that nature. Um, here was a woman who was caring for a child with that difficulty, that challenge. And she noticed that the child was particularly good with computers. And she thought, you know, this might be a very good way for children like my child, to communicate with, with each other because sometimes with these conditions, social interactions aren't very successful for these children. But she, she said to herself, you know, if we could use computers for the children to communicate with each other, that would be a major step forward. But then she said to herself, the Internet is a dangerous place. People get abused, uh, people get exploited, they get robbed. And so there has to be some protection. So what she set up was an internet system for children with these conditions, but organized in such a way that the moms, don't doubt the, the, the dads as well, will, are able to keep a watch on what the communications are in such a way that the children are protected. Um, that caught the eye of a very large, um, uh, can I put it this way, uh, a very large and influential uh, organization led by a very good influential person who knew exactly what this mom was talking about. And together they had a very, very interesting discussion on this show. And what they pointed to is the point that this mother and this important um, person had built businesses around. That is to say, they were able to turn the challenge into an opportunity by becoming entrepreneurs. And that's a very hopeful story because what can help one family may be able to help not just one more other family, but many, many families. Now, other ways in which family caregivers, the can combat the consequences of the challenges and barriers are by, and I've said this before, getting organized as a social force. We are family caregivers. Um, we need to have our voices heard and understood and uh, acted upon as a social force. Um, North America is full of it. It's very effective. It's part of our democracy, but it has to be organized because there are lots of voices um, and they're all clamoring for attention. We family caregivers have to find ways of getting our voices heard. Now, there's another, perhaps a little bit um, controversial area that I uh, would like to urge family caregivers to consider, and that's this. Not everybody is in agreement about everything in regard to family caregiving, and uh, that's normal, that's human. And sometimes disagreements arise, and sometimes the disagreements can be quite strong. And the problem with disagreements in politics is, this sounds very cynical, but politicians tend to look at uh, a group that's disagreeing among uh, themselves 
and say, ah, that, that, those people can't make up their mind what they want, so really I don't need to take any notice of them. Now, I know I'm being cynical, but I've seen that. Now, what I think is a good strategy for family caregivers uh, who may not be in total accord with other family caregivers is by agreeing to settle disagreements, by agreeing to disagree among themselves, so they can become a unified community. And what that leads to is, well, you believe A and I believe B. Well, is there some way of adopting a position that we both agree on something uh, without making clear to the world that there are things that we do do disagree with. And political parties do this, labor unions do this, big business does this, small businesses do this, family caregivers should think about doing this, in my opinion. Now, where that all leads to, ways in which family caregivers can combat the consequences of the challenges and barriers is, well, this is what it comes back to, is getting their voices heard so they become an influential community. They become a community that governments, healthcare systems, social systems, uh, that um, the professions, that the legal system, and that the social system and the public as a whole recognize is a community that's playing an important part in our society, dealing with complex matters, challenging matters, who have things to say that are worth listening to because what they're saying may be valuable to us, the listeners, and not just to the community. Now, that is starting to happen. Um, in my own profession, um, physicians, there are voices now that say, yes, we should put a hand out to family caregivers. We should understand their needs and we should be prepared to work with them. Um, there are government agencies that are now starting to recognize that we have to get around the barriers, like the barrier of um, not sharing information or not allowing um, family caregivers to share information with us. There's that sense of that isn't a good way to go. And I can just give you one quick example of it. In schools, um, you know, we're talking about mental illnesses. 70% um, of mental illnesses begin either in the school years or immediately after them. That is, they are teenagers and young adults. And so do, sadly, addictions to alcohol, substance abuse, and also... Um, to behaviors that aren't perhaps mental illness, but are addictive in some way. Now, what's starting to happen in some schools is that nurses who have a experience with family caregiving and family caregivers and these kinds of illnesses um, and the kind of illnesses they care for are going into schools and building the confidence of the children, building the con confidence of their parents and also working with the teachers who have a tough job in these kind of situations so that um, support is there when it's needed, so the children have trust, the parents have trust, and some very serious problems are being challenged in the way that they should be challenged, and progress is being made. Now, 
We've come to the time to take the break again. This is Dr. Gordon Everly. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. Our topic is Heroes of Family Caregiving. Now I want to talk about the things that we would like to see done to advance help for family caregivers caring for their family's health, well-being, and quality of life. And in fact, I want to go a stage further than that. I want to talk about the things that I would like to see done. Um, That sounds a bit egotistical, I know, but um, let me try it out on on you and see what you think. Um, First of all, what are the things that the healthcare and social systems can do to um, advance help for family caregivers? Well, first off, healthcare should recognize family caregivers as one of the most important care resources for the healthcare system or systems as these grapple with medically incurable illnesses of many types. And the second thing is social services. They should recognize family caregivers as social supports for individuals with incurable illnesses with serious social implications like suicide, like violence, like alcoholism, like substance abuse, especially but not exclusively, but especially in teenagers and young adults. That's, as an, <laughs> if I were going standing for election, 
I, those are things I would be calling for on my platform. I'm daring to say to family caregivers who are listening, please make that one of your calls for your platform to advance yourselves. Now, things that I would like to see done by family caregivers themselves, um, first off, is getting themselves organized at the local level, the regional level, and the international level. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I've already said support groups are a good way to get a group of people who are traveling the same road, sharing the same experiences, are going through the same hope, the same fear, the same frustrations, the same barriers, and all those kinds of things that are uh, you know, associated with serious illness and healthcare systems. That's the way of getting ideas together. That's the way to begin getting a unified voice to say to those in a position to make change, look, this is, these are the changes you should make, not just for us, but for the entire community of people like us who are dealing with mental illness, dealing with aging relatives where we can't figure out whether they should continue to live at home or whether the dementia, the Alzheimer's has become so bad that they need to um, go into an institution and also to make decisions about just caring for people who are aging at home because more and more people want to age, live out their lives at home and sometimes, just occasionally, that can be a problem and raise problems. So who 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 do we listen to? Well, one of the groups we should listen to at the local level are family caregivers who've been through those situations. Now, getting themselves organized at the regional level means bringing the local levels together in some way with the regional levels. Now, that's easily done if you're a, a government agency or a labor union or a big employer, but it's not so easily done if you're, if you're busy family caregivers where not everybody has time or resources for travel and it's not always the most e easily achieved integration that's needed. And I'm going to have a solution for that, I hope, in a moment. But it still needs doing because if we can, as a group, uh, demonstrate that we've got this number of voices, this number of people, these num this number of the population who are saying the same things, there's an election around the corner one, one day soon for these politicians Maybe we should listen to what they're saying. That's where the regional level becomes important. Now, the national level, um, obviously, um, there are differences in the way that Canada and the U.S. Uh, organize their healthcare systems. But there are not differences in the way that nature, what I call nature's lottery, that is the way in which nature distributes illnesses, don't vary from one country to another. The incidence of, for example, paranoid schizophrenia is the same the world over. Uh, depression affects every population, regardless of ethnic origin, regardless of the uh, place of the birth, regardless of their social status, regardless of their financial financial position in society. These are real, real things. So by sharing 
internationally across North America and across other parts of the world, we are going to be able to say, you know, there's things that they're doing there, wherever there is, that we ought to be listening to. And there's a real an example of something that I think is worth worth um, taking note of, and that is in China, family caregivers are getting more influential. In the past, uh, under Chairman Mao, they mattered not at all. But now, as some levels of society in Canada, sorry, China, um, become more prosperous, they are pressing government to give support for family caregiving. And that means that listening to what family caregivers in China are doing may be helpful to us because it gives us an argument, and every politician um, is susceptible to this one, along the lines of, you know, they're doing things better in China than we're doing here. Um, and even if that's a, sometimes a bit of an exaggeration, nevertheless, the comparison is valuable. It helps public policy. But all the way, the purpose is so family caregivers can get their voices heard. That's the objective. Now me, what should I do? Well, I'd like to help family caregivers get themselves organized by enabling them to benefit from the power of internet radio. What I'd like to do is to start an internet radio club for family caregivers who would like to actively participate in the development of internet radio for family caregivers. That is to say, we do it all by email. Um, I would run episodes on family caregivers to discuss progress. I would um, get invite people to come and talk to us about how to do things. I would um, facilitate and help, but I would also encourage and support family caregivers who want themselves maybe to even have their own radio show to talk about their own experiences so that the voice, the voices, the experiences, the um, attitudes, uh, the beliefs can be expressed in ways that people listen, draw strength and act on the strengths and act on the potential to influence opinion. So if there's anybody interested in um, doing that, please would you email me at docg at Family Caregivers Unite. That address has been given out on the, um, in, during the breaks in this episode, but you can also find it on the website. It's docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, we've come to the end of this episode, and I want to say, first of all, thank you to our listeners. Please do. Get back to me with your suggestions for ways in which this talk show, Family Caregivers, can more strongly support family caregivers and all that they do. It matters to me and I'd like what I do to be helpful to all of you. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics related to family caregiving or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be, and this is the title of it, My Wife, My Family Caregiver for My MS, Multiple Sclerosis. So please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. 
Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 